Hello, friends, and welcome to Sleep Tight Stories. I'd like to say hello to Bonnie Rose. Hello to Josephine Kerr. Hello to Eli, who is turning eight, and Simon, who is turning four. Hello to Claire in Muckalito, Washington. Hello to Elena Delgado and her friends from Ida Nason Aronica Elementary School that will be traveling to fifth grade camp on Wednesday, May 3rd to 5th. Mom, Dad, and Sister Eva Luna love you and wish you an amazing time at camp. And hello to Margaret from Arlington, Virginia. Happy belated birthday to August, who turned six on April 9th. Happy belated birthday to Lily from Nelson, British Columbia, who turned nine on April 11th. Happy belated birthday to Lana, who turned 10 on April 17th. Happy belated birthday to Wyatt in Muckalito, Washington, who turned eight on April 26th. Happy belated birthday to Eli, who turned eight on April 26th. Happy belated birthday to Natalia from Royal Oak, Michigan, who turned nine on April 26th. Happy birthday to Georgia from Melbourne, Australia, who is turning four on May 1st and is looking forward to celebrating with her big sister, Isla. Happy birthday to Luca from Berkhamsted, UK, who is turning six on May 2nd. Happy first birthday to Diego from Lubsby, Maryland. Mommy, Daddy, and Chris love you. Happy birthday to Arthur B., who is turning six on May 2nd. Happy birthday to Simon, who is turning four on May 3rd. Happy birthday to Arham Khalili, who is turning nine on May 3rd. Happy birthday to Ava Lee from Arizona, who is turning 10 on May 6th from mom and dad. And happy birthday to Grasa, who is turning eight on May 7th. Happy birthday to you all. I hope you have a wonderful day. Shoutouts and birthday wishes are one way we give thanks to our supporters. If you would like to support us and receive more bedtime entertainment like this, all ad-free, please visit our support page at sleeptightstories.org slash support. Thank you. Esther's mother has the book and is spending some time thinking about her husband and all the memories that are coming up. Should she keep reading the book? Or should she put it aside and go to bed? She decides to be practical and put it aside for now. The next morning, all of them are restless, and Esther asks if they can't stay home and read more. They decide to go to school, but stay up later that night to read, as the next day is a holiday. 
The Magical Book of Dreams, Part 10. That night, while everyone was asleep, Esther's mother sat in the chair in her room, staring at the subtle glow emanating from the book. It had been many years since Elric left her on yet another of his many adventures to raise their kids alone. The emotions she felt still ranged from sadness to anger, depending on the time of day. To think that this book might actually hold the key to his disappearance brought forth the most foolish of emotions, hope. She decided to not let temptation take hold and open the book for answers. They would discover what secrets the book held together as a family. It was time for sleep, and the practicality of her life bid her to get a good night's rest. It was always her that held the family together, and she was not offered the luxuries of adventure or a night of reading. As was becoming a habit, sleep had come slowly the night before, with images of travel in her mind. Esther just couldn't settle herself to sleep. And when it did come, it was full of dreams of her father, a magical portal, and of Esther riding on the back of a dragon in a realm full of color and wonder. Like in the books her father used to read to her, where elf magic is real and dreams come true. Will this dream come true? Will the glow coming from the book lead her to the answers she sought? But first, she had to start her day. Esther dragged herself out of bed and called out to her little brother to make sure he was awake. Walking into the bathroom, it was obvious that he was. There was water everywhere. He swam more in the basin than washed. The picture of her father still hung near the mirror, a reminder of times that were different. It had been so long ago that she couldn't decide whether she was happier then. It wouldn't be fair to say yes, as her mother had devoted herself to them but there had been a great loss that never seemed to be filled in his absence. Stop dilly-dallying, Esther. Your brother is going to eat all the gooseberry jam before you even sit down at the table, her mother called. Coming, mother, Esther yelled as she quickly finished washing up. Having jam instead of the usual cheese with bread was a treat and from the smell wafting from the cooking room, there might also be eggs. As Esther sat at the table, her mother put a plate in front of her full of the glorious purple color that leathered duck eggs give off when cooked. She scooped out a spoonful of gooseberry jam and tore off a piece of bread before saying a word. Her lack of sleep hadn't diminished her appetite. 
So what are you working on in class today, Squirt? Esther asked. Oh, you know, the usual boring stuff, he replied, with a mouthful of egg, jam, and bread. He was okay with mixing flavors. Well, make sure that you apply yourself in the academic subjects, their mother said as she sat at the table with a cup of hot tea. I haven't seen any grades from you lately. Are you doing well in all your courses? Yeah, I'm doing well enough, he said, which caused Esther to raise her eyebrows. He had recently gotten a perfect score on his math exam, but didn't want anyone to know about it. The glowing page that she missed inside the book returned to her thoughts, leading to an unusual break in their morning decorum. What if the map leads to where Father is? What if he didn't disappear? Maybe he needs our help. Shouldn't we stay home from school and finish the book to find out? Esther blurted. There was a short, uncomfortable silence before Esther's mother spoke. I understand. Nightly reads may not be fast enough for you, for any of us. Still, with the difficulty we have understanding its text and... Well, up until now, I didn't expect any connection to Shirewood or your father. It reads just like an old traveler's travel journal a storybook using old language. Now, maybe it is more, Esther's mother said, pondering out loud. Expecting her mother to take her usual insistence on going to school, Esther was a bit surprised. So, shall we stay home then? I'm not staying home to read some silly book, her brother interrupted. No, we need to be patient. Let's try another night of reading. It's a holiday tomorrow for you both, so we can stay up later tonight. There is no guarantee that what is in the book has anything to do with Elleric. We've waited this long. We can wait a short time longer. If it wasn't so difficult to read... We probably would know by now, Esther said with a sigh as she got up from the table. Let's go, Squirt. You don't want to be late for school lest the headmaster get angry. Caspian, please don't tell me you inherited your sister's penchant for daydreaming in class. Pay attention, Headmaster Eileen said. He normally didn't find himself daydreaming, but the excitement at home had broken his usually strict routine. Even his friends he hung out with eating dragon candy had noticed a difference in him lately. Caspian relied upon routine. Getting up, going to school, studying, hanging out with his friends, doing chores at home, studying and then sleeping. Now his silly sister and that even sillier book had disrupted everything. Why can't she just leave the past in the past? 
the elders always advise us to live in the present and prepare for the future. Why must Esther ignore their advice? He thought, other than stories told by mother, I don't even know Elleric. He left shortly after I was born, so I don't have any memory of him. And without that old picture in the bathroom, I wouldn't know what he looked like at all. What do you think the answer to the problem is? Headmaster Eileen boomed. The headmaster's voice brought Caspian back to the present moment as he tried to answer her question. With the exception of Caspian, Esther's little brother, everyone ate dinner that night quickly. He wasn't a slow eater and preferred to shove everything in his mouth at once. So the fact that he was taking so much time to finish a simple soup and bread frustrated Esther. This caused him to drink his soup with slow and deliberate slurps, causing Esther to get even more upset. Their mother, sensing the rising tension, intervened. Finish up, Caspian. I have something sweet for you to eat with your hot tea. Esther's mother knew how to convince him to do most things, so he cleaned his bowl of soup and put his bowl aside to be cleaned. After he sat down, Esther took a bite of her dream drop, a sweet made from a local fruit that supposedly helped you have pleasant dreams, and a big drink of her herbal tea, which had hints of the same fruit. She opened the book to the next page, which revealed an illustration of Avara, Selena, and Gimbal standing in what Esther assumed was the market in the town of Knott's. The following few pages featured even more sketches, most crudely drawn, of various towns, people, and interesting architecture. Each time Esther turned the pages, the paper in the back glowed even brighter. Should I take it out so we can look at it, Mother? She asked nervously. Yes. Let's have a look, her mother said quietly. Caspian just sat there with a bored look on his face. As Esther pulled the page out from the book, its glow grew noticeably more intense. And the room became illuminated with a soft ethereal light that cast intricate patterns across the walls of the room. The candle flickered like a gentle wind had blown across its flame. As Esther unfolded the map, the glow intensified, casting shadows across the room and illuminating every detail of the parchment. The map is covered in intricate designs and markings, depicting a world that no one has seen before. Yet, it revealed no names or details. It showed only the most general of information. It's beautiful, but the page is blank, Esther exclaimed. It obviously has magic of some sort. Maybe the key to unlocking what it is supposed to show is within the book itself, her mother added. 
Esther's brother, now looking somewhat more interested, said, Let's read more and see if there is something said in the story that tells us the map's purpose and how to unlock its secrets. Okay, Esther said, surprised at how much sense her brother had been making lately. I should give him more credit than I do, she thought. Esther turned more pages until she came to text and slowly started reading aloud. I have felt little like writing with pen these past few days since leaving Selena and Avara at the town of Knott's. I've traveled a great distance these past cycles, mostly alone, and I am quite accustomed to my own company. But I do miss having them as travel companions. If fate allows, I am sure we will see each other again. Selina gave me a map that should lead me first to Shirewood, a town at the very edge of the cultivated kingdom, and a place long considered a gateway to the unknown kingdom. I was to meet an acquaintance there called Elleric, who she had met before on her travels. He held some position with the local authorities. He had been helping wayward travelers for many years, perhaps unbeknownst to them. Selina described him as the adventurous type and something of a scholar. Hopefully, he will be able to provide some aid. The map also led the way to a portal that should transport me to my destination. What kind of wondrous magic this portal contained that would allow for the transport between realms? I do not know. I have heard of similar magic used by the unicorns, but nothing has been said of such magic in my home or the mystical forest. Selina told me the location of this portal was a long-held secret. Many assumed it was near Shirewood, which might partly explain its popularity with travelers. But most travelers have never found it, and instead took what has been characterized as a very long and difficult journey through incredibly rough terrain on foot. Unfortunately, the map had its own magic. It would only reveal its secret by the breath of a deserved viewer. I have been blowing on the map for days with nothing but dizziness to show for it. I have, I guess, a further seven cycles journey to Shirewood if I can find a unicorn or dragon to give me passage. By that time, I hope to figure out what makes one worthy of it, revealing its secrets. At that moment, Esther stopped reading further, unfolded the map, and gently blew across its golden page. As if a decision was being made, nothing happened until, but a few seconds later, the room was filled with a brilliant burst of light, as if a hundred candles had suddenly been lit all at once. 
The map seems to come alive, pulsing and shimmering with a magical energy that has Esther, her brother, and her mother transfixed on the page. As the light fades, they see that the map is now covered in even more intricate designs and symbols, each glowing with a soft light. The symbols are moving and shifting, as if alive and animated by some unknown magic. They reveal locations and roots, all culminating into the most vivid symbol of all, the portal to the unknown realm. And that is the end of this part. Good night. Sleep tight.